ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله amma ba'd so today then we begin in the next section which is ash-shirkul aswar the minor forms of shirk ash-shirkul aswar yanqusu at-tawhid wa yukhillu bih minor shirk it causes deficiency in the tawhid minor shirk is something that causes a deficiency in your tawheed wahunaka ashya min ash-shirk al-asghar hadharana minha allahu wa rasooluh and there are certain things which are from the minor shirk which Allah and his messenger warned us from sayanatan lil'aqidah in protection and preservation of our aqidah wa himayatan lit-tawheed and in guarding and protecting tawheed preserving tawheed li'annaha tanqusu at-tawheed because it also creates the deficiency in Tawheed. وَرُبَّمَا تَجُرُّ إِلَى الشِّرْكِ الْأَكْبَرِ And maybe some of these minor forms of shirk could lead on to major shirk. A person begins by falling into these minor forms of shirk and then slowly over time the shaitan then convinces him and he ends up falling into major shirk. Qala Allah Ta'ala, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ And do not make with Allah partners and indeed you know qala ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma fil ayah ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma said regarding this ayah al andad huwa ash-shirk akhfa min dabib an-naml ala safatin sawda fi dhulmatil layl he said that these partners, the partners that Allah warned us not to make alongside him, it is shirk. Al-andad means shirk. Do not make shirk alongside Allah. Do not make partners alongside Allah. And it is more concealed than the example of an ant on a smooth black rock 
a rock in the middle of the night, in the darkness of the night, an ant crawling on it, you wouldn't see it. That's the example being given of how concealed this minor shirk can be, such like the ant that you wouldn't see it in the darkness of the night upon the rock. Then the example is given of how this minor shirk is concealed to that degree. And some examples of that are that you say, Wallahi wa hayatika ya fulan wa hayati wa taqul lawla kulaybatu hadha laatana al-lusus وَلَوْلَا الْبَطْءُ فِي الدَّارِ لَأَتَانَا الْلُسُوسِ وَقَوْلُ الرَّجُلِ لِصَاحِبِهِ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَشِئْتَ وَقَوْلُ الرَّجُلِ لَوْلَا اللَّهُ وَفُلَانَ لَا تَجْعَلْ فِيهَا فُلَانًا هَذَا كُلُّهُ بِهِ شِرْكِ So Ibn Abbas, he mentioned some examples different types of statements that a person may make without really thinking or realizing what he's saying, without pondering over his words carefully, certain statements they may make, which are actually statements of shirk. And he gives examples here, by Allah and by your life. That somebody takes an oath upon the life of a person. When you say, I swear by Allah and I swear by your life, statements of that nature. Or when they say, was it not for the dog, then robbers would have come. Was it not for the dog, then robbers would have come into our house. And similarly, other examples like saying, whatever Allah wills and you will. Whatever Allah wills and you will. And saying, was it not for Allah and such and such? Was it not for Allah and such and such? So all of these statements are attributing partners alongside Allah. All of these statements, when you say whatever Allah wills and you will, and was it not for Allah and you, in all of these statements it is though as though you are placing partners equals alongside Allah in your statements. So these kinds of statements are considered minor shirk. فَقَدْ بَيَّنَ بْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا أَنَّ هَذِهِ الْأَشْيَاءِ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ Ibn Abbas mentioned that these statements, these affairs are from shirk. وَالْمُرَادُ بِهِ الشِّرْكُ الْأَصْغَرِ and the intent, the meaning here, is the minor shirk. وَالْآيَةِ عَامَّةِ تَشْمَلُ الشِّرْكَ الْأَكْبَرُ وَالشِّرْكَ الْأَصْغَرُ 
And the ayah is general. It encompasses and incorporates major shirk and minor shirk. فابن عباس رضي الله عنهما نبه بهذه الأشياء بالأدنى وهو شرك الأصغر على الأعلى وهو شرك الأكبر. So ابن عباس was raising awareness of the major shirk by giving these examples of minor shirk. He was indicating thereafter the major shirk which occurs through mentioning the lower examples of minor shirk first. لِأَنَّ هَذِهِ الْأَلْفَاظِ تَجْرِي عَلَىٰ أَلْسِنَةِ كَثِيرٍ مِّنَ النَّاسِ Because these statements and these phrases, many people, they say them without thinking. Was it not for such and such, then this would have happened or that. Was it not for the dog, then the robbers would have come in last night. Was it not for the skill of the sailors, then our ship would have sunk. Attributing all of these things to others besides Allah. So these statements are statements that are not permissible. But many people, they say these types of things without focus, without concentration. So sometimes it might be out of ignorance. Out of ignorance they say these things. And sometimes it could just be because they are not focusing. They just say these words without really caring. So, what are these different forms of minor shirk? The first one. Al-halifu bi azza wa jal. Taking an oath by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taking an oath by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهُوَ شِرْكٌ And that is, of course, shirk. كَمَا رَوَى أَمِيرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عُمَرَ بْنَ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Just like Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله عنه narrated from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that he said, مَنْ حَلَفَ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ أَوْ أَشْرَكَهِ that whomsoever takes an oath by other than Allah, then he has committed kufr or shirk. Whoever takes an oath by other than Allah, then he has committed kufr or shirk. That could mean that it was doubt from the narrator did the Prophet wasallam say then he has committed kufr or did he say then he has committed shirk? That could be doubt from the narrator. But in either case, it is severe whether you say then he has committed kufr or you say then he has committed shirk. وَقَدْ كَثُرَ مِنَ النَّاسِ الْيَوْمَ مَنْ يَحْلِفُ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ and there are many people these days now, it is a commonplace thing that people take oaths 
in other than the name of Allah. كَمَنْ يَحْلِفُ بِالْأَمَانَةِ أَوْ يَحْلِفُ بِالنَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم This would be common that they take an oath upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم I swear by the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم X, Y, and Z أَوْ يَقُولُ وَحَيَاتِي And another very common thing when people say I swear on my life I swear on my life I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Haram to say that. Haram to say I swear on my life this, that, the other. وَحَيَاتِكَ يَا And sometimes they might say I swear on your life. And sometimes they might say they swear on their kids' lives. Or they swear on their parents' lives. Or sometimes you hear them say they swear on the graves of their parents. All of these types of statements are incorrect and false. وَقَدْ سَمِعْنَا مَا وَرَدَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ مِنَ النَّهِ عَنِ الْحَلِفِ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَاعْتِبَارُهُ كُفْرًا أَوْ شِرْكًا لِأَنَّ الْحَلِفَ بِالشَّيْءِ تَعْظِيمٌ لَهِ So taking an oath in a name other than Allah, it is a form of shirk. Because when you take an oath in the name of someone, you are glorifying that person. How? Because you are using the name of that person to show the, the, the severity, the severity of what it would be for you to be lying right now. To say he swears on his children's lives. Like to say my children are so beloved to me. I wouldn't gamble with their lives on this statement. I wouldn't lie and risk losing their lives. I wouldn't swap their lives for this. Their lives are that important to me that what I'm telling you right now is the truth if I'm swearing upon their lives. So this indicates the glorification of your children's lives. I swear on my parents' lives shows the glorification and the greatness of how you view your parents' lives, of course. That you're telling somebody, I wouldn't lie if I'm swearing on my parents' lives. So the fact that you swear by someone indicates your glorification and magnification of that person. And this type of glorification and magnification is only suitable for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is only suitable for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to say you swear on your parents' lives or your children's lives or on your own life. We know that is valuable to a person. That's why they take oaths upon those things. Because they are showing the great value of their children's lives, the great value of their parents' lives. So this glorification is not suitable. That type of magnification and glorification is only for Allah. وَالَّذِي يَجِبُ أَنْ يُعَظَّمْ وَيُحْلَفُ بِهِ هُوَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ So what is suitable and appropriate 
in terms of that glorification and magnification and therefore taking an oath upon is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala walhalif bighayrihi shirk wa sharimah uzma and taking an oath by other than Allah is shirk and a great crime it is a great wrongdoing a sharimah uzma the greatest of the wrongdoings and crimes to commit shirk alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu Abdullah ibn Mas'ud one of the famous companions he said لَأَنْ أَحْلِفَ بِاللَّهِ كَاذِبًا أحب إلي من أن أحلف بغيره صادقا. He said, if I was to take an oath in the name of Allah and lie, that would be more beloved to me than to take an oath in other than the name of Allah and be telling the truth. What's better, telling the truth or lying? Telling the truth is normally better. Of course, lying is haram. Telling the truth is what is permissible. Lying is haram. But he says, I would rather lie as long as the oath I was taking was in the name of Allah than tell the truth, but my oath was in the name of other than Allah, how come? Big, huh? Mm. Lying is a sin, major sin. But shirk, is it higher level than lying or not? So swearing in other than the name of Allah is more severe than lying. So given the option to tell the truth but swear in other than the name of Allah, or to lie, but at least in the name of Allah, though you're not swearing by other than the name of Allah. So you're not committing shirk, but you are lying. Is that better? Or is it better to commit shirk, but tell the truth at least? Of course, to lie in that case. And this is just an example being given. Of course, you don't do this situation, but it's an example being given. To at least remain upon tawheed, to take the oath in the name of Allah but end up lying is lower level of a problem than to tell the truth but be telling it in the name of other than Allah because that then is shirk. So he's just giving you an example that even though lying is such a bad sin, a major sin, shirk is just another level above that. You would rather lie, but at least not commit shirk in that given scenario. Of course, you don't do it at all. But to show you the severity of taking an oath in other than the name of Allah. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, وَمِنَ الْمَعْلُومِ أَنَّ الْحَلِفِ بِاللَّهِ كَاذِبًا كَبِيرًا مِنَ الْكَبَائِرِ لَكِنِ الشِّرْكِ وَهُوَ الْحَلِفِ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ أكبر من الكبائر وإن كان شركا أصغر 
So he says it is known that taking an oath in the name of Allah as a lie, a lie in an oath in the name of Allah is a major sin. You take an oath in the name of Allah but you lie is a major sin. But taking an oath in other than the name of Allah, that ends up as outright shirk, even though it's minor shirk. That is obviously more than it being just a major sin. فَيَجِبُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَنْتَبِهَ لِهَذَا وَلَا تَأْخُذُهُ الْعَوَائِدِ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ قال صلى الله عليه وسلم من كان حالفا فليحلف بالله أو ليسمت In the narration the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said Whomsoever is going to take an oath is going to swear then let him swear by Allah. Let him take the oath in the name of Allah. Or remain silent. Either you take the oath in the name of Allah if you're going to do it. Otherwise, just stay quiet. وقال, and the Prophet also said, لا تحلفوا بآبائكم. Do not take oaths in the names of your fathers as they do they say they swear on their mother's life they swear on their parents lives the prophet said do not take oaths in the names of your fathers and there are many other texts which highlight to us that if you are going to take an oath, then you are commanded to take it in the name of Allah. And it is forbidden to take it in the name of anyone else besides Allah. وَيَجِبُ عَلَى مَنْ حَلِفَ لَهُ بِاللَّهِ أَنْ يَرْضَى And if somebody takes an oath in the name of Allah, then you should be content and satisfied with their statement. They take an oath in the name of Allah, then you should be content and satisfied with their statement and believe them. Except in the circumstance that it is known that someone is a liar and that they lie even upon the oaths. If that type of situation is known about a person, then that's different. But otherwise, somebody says something to you upon an oath they take in the name of Allah, then you should be happy with their statement and accept it and be content. Then after that, oh, that's, that's it, the open sinner, that is in reference to the same point, a person who is known to be a liar, known to be untrustworthy, Known to be somebody who even taking oaths is not trustworthy in them, such as a fasiq. Somebody is an open sinner, somebody is untrustworthy, somebody who has characteristics of that nature that degrade his reliability. And it's known about him even taking oaths in the name of Allah doesn't change him. If something of that scenario is known about a person, then some of the scholars have mentioned, you are excused in that scenario. 
But normally, generally speaking, a person, if he takes an oath in the name of Allah upon an affair, then you should accept that and leave the affair to be at that and be content at that. Then, ash-shirku fil alfaz. Now the second category of minor shirk. And that is the shirk in speech. That there are certain types of phrases, certain types of words that a person might say, which are actually minor shirk. They constitute minor shirk. وَمِنَ الشِّرْكِ الْأَصْغَرِ الشِّرْكُ فِي الْأَلْفَاظِ and from the minor forms of shirk is the shirk in words, in phrases. So for example, one of those would be Ma Sha Allah Washita. Whatever Allah wills and you will. Whatever Allah wills and you will. Now you are equaling between the will of Allah and the will of this person, whatever Allah wills and you will. فَقَدْ رَوَى الْإِمَامُ أَحْمَدُ وَالنَّسَاءِ عَنْ قُتَيْلَةِ أَنَّ يَهُودِيًّا أَتَى النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالَ Al-Imam Ahmed and An-Nasai reported from Qutaylah that a Jew came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, Innakum tushrikun. He said, you, you people commit shirk. The Jew said to the Prophet that you Muslims commit shirk. Taqulun. Then the Jew explained why he's saying that. He said, because you people say, MashaAllah, washi'ta. Whatever Allah wills, and you will. So he came saying to the Prophet, you people commit shirk. They say, whatever Allah wills, and you will. Equaling between you and Allah. وَتَقُولُونَ And you say, the Jew carries on, and you say, Kaaba, that you take an oath by the Kaaba. I swear by the Kaaba. He said, You do that too. Fa'amarahum an Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ida aradu an yahlifu an yakulu. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam therefore ordered them. That if they are going to take an oath, that they should say, Warabbil Kaaba. That you swear by the Lord of the Kaaba. You swear by the Lord of the Kaaba. Not that you swear by the Kaaba. And that they should say, Masha Allah, Thumma Shi'ta. Whatever Allah wills, then after that, what you will. So that you are not leveling between your will and the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَرَوَى النَّسَاءِ عَنِ ibn Abbas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا 
أن رجلا قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that a man said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم ما شاء الله وشئت whatever Allah wills and you will فقال so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said أَجَعَلْتَنِي لِلَّهِ نِدَّا Have you made me a partner to Allah? قُلْ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَحْدَا Rather say whatever Allah wills alone. So in this narration you see that a man said to the Prophet whatever Allah wills and you will. As though to equal between the will of the Prophet and the will of Allah. So the Prophet said, have you made me a partner with Allah? Rather say whatever Allah wills, then after that what you will. فَدَلَّ الْحَدِيثَانِ وَمَا جَاءَ بِمَعْنَاهُمَا عَلَى مَنْعِ قَوْلِ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَشِئْتَهُ وما شابهه من الألفاظ. So these two narrations indicate the impermissibility of saying what Allah wills and you will, and other words that are similar to that. مثل لولا الله وأنت. Was it not for Allah and you? So as though you are equaling again in your statement between you and Allah. So you do not say, was it not for Allah and you? That I don't have anyone except Allah and you. Nobody can help me or whatever except Allah and you. Again, and indicates as though you're equaling between this person and Allah. That Allah and you, both, as though you're equaling. لِأَنَّ الْعَطِّ بِالْوَوْ يَقْتَضِي التَّسْوِيَةِ بَيْنَ الْمُتَعَاطِفَيْنِ Because in Arabic, when you use the wow to mean and, it means that you are equaling between the two items that are being attached to each other. So when you say, was it not for Allah and you, wa anta, you have now equaled in level anta with Allah by using the wow as the adding word between them. You're balancing between the two items. لِأَنَّ الْعَطْفِ بِالْوَوْ يَقْتَضِي التَّصْوِيَ بَيْنَ الْمُتَعَاطِفَيْنِ وَهَذَا شِرْكِ And so that is obviously shirk if you are equaling between someone and Allah. فَالْوَاجِبْ أَنْ يَعْطَفْ بِثُمَّ So what you are supposed to do in Arabic is use the word ثُمَّ which means then, then afterwards. فَيُقَالْ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ شِئْتَ So you say whatever Allah wills, then what you will after that. 
Oh, thummasha afulan, or such and such willed after that, then. Lawlallah, thumma anta. Was it not for Allah? And then after that, you. Mali illallah, thumma anta. I don't have anyone, any support except from Allah. Then after that, you. لِأَنَّ الْعَطْفِ بِثُمَّ يَقْتَضِي التَّرْتِيبِ وَالتَّعْقِيبِ Because using ثُمَّ indicates an order to what is happening. There is something first, then something afterwards. It is not equaling between them. It is indicating an order and that something is occurring after the first thing. Not alongside it. Whereas the atf the waw indicates alongside it together. Whereas with thumma indicates afterwards, later, at a different level. It is not an attachment simultaneously. وَأَنَّ مَشِيئَةَ الْعَبْدِ تَأْتِي بَعْدَ مَشِيئَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And that the will of a servant comes after the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah said in Surah At-Takweer 29, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ That you do not will for an affair except that Allah has willed it first. That your will comes after the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَشِئَةُ الْعَبْدِ تَابِعَةُ لِمَشِئَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى So the will of a servant, it follows on from the will of Allah. فَالْعَبْدِ وَإِنْ كَانَتْ لَهُ مَشِئَةُ خِلَافًا لِلْجَبْرِيَّةِ فَمَشِئَتُهُ تَابِعَةُ لِمَشِئَةِ اللَّهِ So we do have a will. We have a will to do things. Unlike what the Jabariya said, the group of the people of innovation, Ahlul Bid'ah, Walahua, one of their groups, they said, We do not have any Mashi'ah. We do not have any will. Whatever we do, it is simply whatever is just decreed for us. We are just like feathers in the wind. Whichever way the wind blows, the feather blows. We have no will in anything, they said. But that is incorrect. If we had no will at all, then why... Other people who are going to go to paradise going to go to paradise. Why are they going to be rewarded if they were just doing what they were compelled to do? And why would the people of hellfire deserve the punishment? Why do they deserve punishment if they were just doing what they were compelled to do? So it is not that we are compelled to do it. Allah gave us a will, the Mashi'ah, that allows you to choose whether you are going to do good or you are going to do bad.
So you make your decision whether to obey Allah or to disobey Allah. You have that Mashi'ah, but your Mashi'ah, your will, it comes after the will of Allah. So Allah already knows everybody's place in paradise or hell. Because Allah already knows all of the decisions you are going to make in your life. But at the moment of making those decisions, Allah's given you the will to make the decision, whether to obey Him or to disobey Him. Whatever decision you decide to make, Allah already knows what it's going to be. But you are the one given the freedom to make it at that time. That's why on the day of judgment, you'll be held accountable if you made the choices to do the evil. And you'll be rewarded if you made the choices to do good. فَمَشِيئَةُ الْعَبْدِ تَابِعَ لِمَشِيئَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فَالْعَبْدُ وَإِن كَانَتْ لَهُ مَشِيئَةِ خِلَافًا الْجَبَرِيَّةِ فَمَشِيئَتُهُ تَابِعَ لِمَشِيئَةِ اللَّهِ وَلَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَشَاءَ شَيْئًا إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ اللَّهُ قَدْ شَاءَهُ So you cannot will for something except that Allah has willed it first. You cannot do anything which is not in the decree. مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ Whatever Allah wills, then it will be. And whatever Allah does not will, then it will not be. خِلَافًا لِلْقَدَرِيَّةِ من المعتزلة وغيرهم الذين يثبتون للعبد مشيئة تخالف ما أراده الله The Qadariya, they are on the other side Jabariya one side, Qadariya other side They say that we have a will But to such an extent that they believe our will is independent to some degree from the will of Allah. The Ghulatul Qadariyah, in the olden times, they used to say, Allah doesn't know what is going to happen until you do it. The Ghulatul Qadariyah, in the olden times, they finished now. They used to say, Allah doesn't know what is going to happen until you do it, until it happens. They disappeared, but there are still groups of them who have beliefs about our will having a degree of independence from the will of Allah, which is not correct. Our will is following on from the will of Allah. You make your choice to obey or disobey. At that time, you make the choice. Whatever choice you make is already known to Allah. You choose to be obedient, that's known to Allah. You are going to choose to be obedient during your life. So Allah knows your place in paradise. You're going to choose to be evil during your life. Allah knows every time the choice comes to you in your life, you're going to be choosing evil. So your place in hellfire is known. So that is the will that we have which follows on from the will of Allah. We do not or we are not compelled, forced, and neither do we have independent will from the will of Allah. So that is the second thing. The first thing from minor shirk was what? 
taking an oath or swearing by other than Allah. Al-Halifu bi ghayrillah. The second one. Mm. The shirk in the alfaz, in your statements, in your speech, that you may say phrases which are inappropriate because you're making an equalization between others and Allah. That's... Where by the Quran? Kaaba. We did before. For the benefit of the Sheikh, let's repeat. A Sheikh Al Fawzani mentioned that Fakad Rawal Imam Ahmed wa Nasai Ankutaila Anna Yahudiyan Atan Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal. إِنَّكُمْ تُشْرِكُونَ تَقُولُونَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَشِئْتَ وَتَقُولُونَ وَالْكَعْبَةِ فَأَمَرَهُمُ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم إِذَا أَرَادُوا أَنْ يَحْلِفُوا أَنْ يَقُولُوا وَرَبِّ الْكَعْبَةِ وَأَنْ يَقُولُوا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ شِئْتَ So this is a common one when they say I swear by the Kaaba I swear by the Kaaba and so the Prophet told them say I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba not by the Kaaba What did he say? The Quran, swearing by the Quran, is it permissible to take an oath upon the Quran? So Jews, you're saying. So the first part, is it permissible in principle to swear upon the Quran? That is. Because the Qur'an is not created. The Qur'an, Karamullah, Sifatullah. That is not created. You are not taking an oath by anything in creation. But this thing, getting a copy of the Qur'an like in the court, I swear that I will solemnly tell the truth. You are solemnly swearing. That is a bid'ah, the scholars say. There were some scholars, they gave a fatwa, it's bid'ah to do this. To hold the Qur'an, I swear by the Qur'an. This they say is bid'ah to do. But just the principle of swearing by the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah. So that in of itself isn't considered shirk. You are swearing by Allah, essentially. Wal-mus'ha. Hmm? Al-Mus'haf. If you say that, huh? you can't, uh, maybe, but Al-Mus'haf is not equals the Qur'an. It doesn't equals the Qur'an. Anyway, there's a difference. So I think this would be a problematic statement. The Qur'an is Qur'an, but Mus'haf is different. Even in, in, in grammar, Mus'haf is different. You can, huh? Of course they mean, but this is now the second one. Shirk fil alfaaf. The second topic which we did today. Today the sheikh has to listen to the audio. Has to listen to all the recording today. The second one, shirk fil alfaaf. So a person may say something where you don't have the intention of shirk. Your intention is not shirk, but the words you are saying, they are words which indicate shirk. 
So that one I think more than likely it comes into that same type of category because the Mus'haf is not equals the Qur'an. In Arabic when you learn Arabic language they say to you don't say I have uh, three Qur'ans. You don't say I have three Qur'ans in my house. It's incorrect. In Arabic language when they teach you you say عندي ثلاثة مصاحف. You don't say عندي ثلاثة Qur'an or whatever. There is no three Qur'an, there is only one Qur'an. So they say in Arabic language it's, it's uh, wrong. The nahu, the grammar is wrong to say this type of speech in Arabic language. I have three Qur'ans. You say I have three mushafs, as we say. Three mushafs. So I think there's a difference there and it wouldn't be permissible. The next one then. Ashirku finniyat. Any other questions before we move on? Go on. No, they're different. The ransoming isn't a swearing or an oath. The ransoming, it's even in English hard to explain the ransoming thing. It's like, uh, you know, everybody understands a ransom, how a ransom works. Like when you're going to sacrifice something in exchange for something. So when they use those phrases that I ransom my father or my mother, etc. That's not in the same category as this because obviously you would not say I ransom this ransom is more like the like like the bail like everybody understands what, what, what the point is here like the bail this is more like that but here in this example obviously you would not be able to say that statement for Allah so this is just now in the worldly affairs that you are ransoming something to indicate the value of that item that you would give up for such and such and the value is obviously on your parents on your mother on your father but these are affairs from creation it's just like now you might say my car or whatever it might be so that's just indicating something of value in the creation that would not be falling into swearing or taking an oath I don't know just don't get into trouble <laughs> Allah alam what you have to do Yeah, so this is in the Quran in many places where Allah takes an oath by things in the creation. Many, many. Those examples of Allah taking an oath by something in the creation indicates the greatness of that thing in creation. It does indicate the greatness of that thing in creation. But Allah is the creator of those creations. The creator can take an oath by his creation. But we as the creation cannot take an oath by other creation. Clear difference. The creator can take an oath by whatever he wills. It's all his creation. But we in the creation cannot take an oath by other creation. We can only take it by our creator. So Allah takes an oath by various things in the creation to indicate the greatness of them. The wal asr, for example, indicating the time and how time goes. All the in Juz Amma, so many examples, so many examples. Hmm? Oh, yeah, many, many. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, this is a common thing, and the scholars they all advise against this, and they say it's a problem that people now they take these oaths 
like it's casual speech. Every sentence, wallah. Start at the beginning, wallahi this, wallahi that. Every sentence. Where are you going now? Wallahi, I'm going to my car. Everything. So the scholars, they say it's not right. This isn't how you do it. This is wrong. Every sentence, everything, you, wallahi, wallahi for everything. Scholars, they advise against this. It's not like common speech or just casual speech. You just throw it in everywhere. This is to indicate some greatness of an affair when you say it. Maybe. That, I mean, that's a bit more specific. But generally, the scholars do mention it. You don't make it a casual thing. This is for something that you want to show the greatness of. You're magnifying and glorifying Allah. You don't just use it in casual speech. Wallahi this and wallahi that and everything with no significance. Things of no significance. And you're swearing by Allah upon them. So you have to uh, get out of that habit of just regularly in all sentences, casual speech, saying it all the time. Not to, but uh, the context would, uh, would determine what's going on. But uh, if somebody is regularly upon that way, he just won't believe anything until he says to you, swear by Allah. Then again, that's a, a problematic as well. So it's on both sides. All right, last question then. Swear by? Swear by the divorce? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, but this one, you know this one? This is uh, in, the, in the books of fiqh. They mention this when somebody uh, makes this type of statement. Does the hal talaq am la? It is in the, uh, you know, the, the fiqh rulings of it. They have this in the chapters of fiqh. You will find it in the books. The details of this type of statement. Is it permissible? Is it not permissible? Generally, you know, as a fiqh ruling, imagine somebody does this kind of, if, if something happens, then I am divorced. Then if that thing happens, you are divorced. Many of them, they say, many of the scholars say, you're divorced then. You make these kinds of statements. If this, if that, then I am divorced. Then if that happens, you're divorced. But in terms of the fiqh ruling of the statements. Hmm. All right, we're going to have to stop. It's prayer time. Next week is off Cardiff conference. Next week, everybody try to go to Wales if you can. Cardiff, Salafi Masjid there in Cardiff. There's a, the Tullab from America. They're going to come as well. Students from America for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days. Some are students of Sheikh Muqbil, other students as well. They're going to come for that weekend. So next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This next weekend coming up now. Try to go to Cardiff. We won't have the class here. We'll come back here in two weeks' time, inshaAllah.